Hello and welcome back to the Beyond the Pitch podcast, season one, episode nine, ten. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, we've got a, as some of you may know from maybe listening to the other podcasts, we've got a lot going on behind the scenes. And in today's episode, if you keep listening, we are going to give you a teaser of what's to come. Main thing is this podcast. There is a big, big change happening to this podcast. It's very exciting. We're really excited to see the partners we're working with. And things are going to get big. Things are going to get busy. Oh, I might have to quit my job. Uh, no, I won't. I'll be broke. So I'm not going to do that. But um, look, the dream is to turn this into a job. And we're certainly going to be taking the steps in that direction. Uh Keep your eyes and ears peeled. And if you want to stay up to date and be the first to know about it and to jump on it and to get your chance of maybe getting some giveaways, some merch um, and all things like that, check out the Instagram, Beyond the Pitch Podcast. Uh, it might be linked below. I couldn't tell you whether I remember or not in the future. Now, this episode is coming out to your ears on Friday the 3rd, uh, I believe. So... Look, I know the schedule's all over the place, but put up with it. What are you going to do? Now, this episode is a Formula One preview. The season starts on Sunday at three o'clock. Very, very exciting. We are going to, of course, chat everything ahead of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, We've just had testing over the last couple of weeks, or last week or so. Um, A lot has changed about the cars. And uh, yeah, we're we're not going to chat about any other sport. Uh, I mean, we can we can celebrate quickly that the United won the Carabao Cup. That's always always great to see, isn't it? Um, uh, Tommy Fury won against Jake Paul. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about that quickly. Uh, Jake Paul looked appalling, uh, appalling. <laughs> um, Tommy also didn't look great. Now I've seen a lot of Tommy's fights, as I'd mentioned in the podcast last week, um, and and I was. Confident that he, I wasn't confident. What did I, what did I say? Did I say Tommy by knockout or Jake by points? And Tommy won on points. Although actually, I think that's how I said it the first time around. So maybe I'll go back, edit it, and anyone that knew that listens to that podcast, will just think I'm a tactical genius, um, and no one will be none the wiser. Um, so there you go. Yeah, it was it, it was a, it was an engaging fight. I, I went sat with my mate Harry. Shout out, um, and. We sat there all day and we watched the Scotland-France game, which was really, really good game of rugby. Two stupid red cards. I mean, as in, like, the players made stupid decisions. Um, like, you know, head injuries and stuff like that. Red cards. Great game. Unfortunately, Scotland did lose. Um, but it, it we, we were closer than I thought we'd be, to be honest. Um, we then watched United beat Newcastle 2-0 in the football, which is a fantastic result for us. Six months in charge, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, and he's got our first lot of silverware in six years. And we're through on the FA Cup. Uh, 3-1 defeat. 3-1 win over West Ham. Um, and here's a little fun fact for you. United have drawn home again in the next round of the FA Cup. And that's 10 domestic cup draws at home in a row. The odds of that happening are uh, 1,064-1. Is that the right way around? Or is it 1-1,064? to Anyway... You get the point. Um, excuse me while I while I while I cough. Um, okay, it was more of a sniff. I don't know why I said coughing, but yeah. So then then the boxing happened, and and I'm gonna. I think what's difficult, right, is I watched Badu Jack, who's one of my favourite boxers in the cruiserweight division, at the age of 39, 
win the WBC title. That's phenomenal. He was in a title fight, which I think he's deserved. He's built himself back up there. And he is now a three-weight world champion. You know, he's now up there with the likes of Mayweather, Pacquiao. Uh, i trying to think some other well-known names that people might know. Can't think of any. But now Badu Jack, three-weight world champion and thoroughly deserved. And it, tell you what, that fight was really good for boxing because it was entertaining. It brought a lot more eyes to the sport. And if people caught the fight beforehand, it was phenomenal. That was what proper boxing is. Um, the Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight, you know, they're still novices. They've still got a lot to learn. But I think people sometimes are getting a bit ahead of themselves, being like, oh, what the hell? why wasn't there a knockout? Why wasn't there, you know, this, this, and this? You never, ever get a 6 and 0 versus an 8 and 0 boxer. That doesn't happen. That is extremely rare. You might be lucky if you get like a 12 and 0 and a 15 and 0 on like a, a really good day. What was it? You had like Joe Joyce versus Daniel Dubois, right? Both very early on in their pro careers, but still like the mid-teen fight range. Uh, so that never happens. So you should be privileged, my people. Um, and of course, we'll, we'll chat about more of that influence of boxing over the next coming weeks. Um, there's a very, very interesting uh, fight night happening in a few weeks' time in March with uh, tag team boxing, which we, we will discuss next week. But uh, that's a little quick wrap-up, I guess, um, of everything that's been going on. And let's move on to the Formula 1. Now, for those that don't know, I am a big, big Formula 1 fan. I will be watching every race possible. And little teaser for you guys that are actually listening. Um, the F1 will be one of the main sports that we cover on the new, let's say, format that might be coming to this podcast. Um, so just, as I say... Check out the Instagram. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. Big things coming. Lots more prizes and money and whatnot to win for you people. Through this new, this new, uh, uh, I don't know how much I can give away or want to give away. Uh, just, just, just follow the bloody Instagram, all right, would you? And then no one has to worry. Um, anyway, yes, big, big fan of F1. I've been into it now for, well, I've kind of always, always followed it. Um, and I'd say this is now my third season of probably like dedicating myself to learning all about it and watching it. Um, or fourth season. I think fourth season, yeah, because I watched like half of the 2019 season and then I watched Max beat Lewis, uh, Max win again last year and then I'm watching all of this year. And I'd seen like basically half of season, like the odd race here and there for a few years before, um, but always kind of followed along with it in Lewis's prime. I wish I'd watched it more in Lewis's prime. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's, that is how it is, unfortunately. Now, we're going to Bahrain this weekend. Great race. It always starts off the race weekends. Uh, very, very excited. The cars have changed quite a lot. Now, if you'll... If you look at um, some of the liveries, you know the design of the car, uh, you'll see the Ferrari has taken a pretty bold shape. Um, it's not quite as similar to the others. We've got new tyre compounds. Uh, is, am I right in saying there's now only three compounds and then the slick? I think that might be right. Feel free to correct me. I, I'm still still racking my brain up with knowledge here. But uh, yeah, basically, there's, there's less amount of tyres, I think, that you can choose from on a race weekend, um, which is always exciting. And they are reducing the amount of time. We'll just go through some of the technical bits before we get into predictions and things. 
they are reducing the amount of time that you're allowed to keep your heat pads on the car. So in the starting grid, when you've got the lineup of all 20 cars, um, 10 constructors, two cars each, uh, two drivers, and a reserve driver or a third driver, which we'll get into. Um, while the car is sat on the grid, uh, as everyone's sort of clearing away, they're allowed heat pads over the wheels, which basically keeps the tyres hot and gives you more grip on the starting line. Uh, and they are reducing the amount of time that you're allowed to keep them on for. And over the next coming years, I think they're basically trying to get they're going to get rid of them at all. I don't want to say that it's next season. I'm going to say it's the season after they're cutting out uh, heat, the blankets for the tyres, which is crazy because there's going to be a lot more crashing and locking up. Uh, well, not necessarily locking up, but a lot more slow starts and um, crashing, I guess, crashing and just struggling in, in turn one. You know, there's uh, is it at Silverstone? We've got that really tight first corner. Um, I'm trying to think some of the tightest corners we've got out there. I mean, obviously, um, Azerbaijan has got some really sharp 90 degrees. Uh, the US, the Miami race has a nice few turns in it, but I, I don't think that's going to really got a nice long straight into the for that. Um, Spain, or it'll be hotter in Spain, so it won't be as big a problem. Probably the British Grand Prix is going to, I think, cause the biggest issues into turn one. Uh, I just think we're going to see a lot more skidding around and a lot more, a lot more struggle from the drivers and their cars, which will be interesting to see. Now we will be covering uh, the F1 race every weekend that is on. Uh, stay up to date with my thoughts as they happen on the Instagram account. Uh, beyond the pitch podcast i'll be posting my thoughts as we go along um getting your opinions about it which i think will be really really fun uh and then of course we'll do a little segment um each week uh we're trying to trying to make these things a bit more structured so everyone knows what they're getting in for each week and certain fans if you're not interested in the f1 you can skip through and i'll put timestamps in and i'll go oh, we're gonna talk about the football here and the f1 there it's gonna be very exciting uh right let's let's get into predictions uh, as I say, the cars, the tyres, the driver lineups, the uh, principles, the race principles, they've all changed. Everything's up in the air. It's all over the place. Now, let's quickly go through the uh, F1 lineup for this year. We've got the Red Bulls. We've got Verstappen and Perez, or Checo, uh, in the Red Bull. We've got uh, Leclerc and Sainz in the Ferrari, Hamilton and Russell in the Mercedes. Norris and Piastri, a new Australian driver. Um, he was the Formula 3 champion in 2020, Formula 2 champion in 2021, and then you get a year out and then you come to Formula 1. So he is really exciting, really, really looking forward to seeing him race. Bottas and Joe in Alfa Romeo, all French lineup for the Alpine. We've got Gasly in Ocon, uh, Yuki Tsunoda and Nick De Vries take the Alpha Taris, which is really, really exciting to see Nick De Vries. Older driver. He's older than you think, but he's come up from Formula 2 as well. Or oh, no, he came from Formula E. God, got to remember my facts. He came from Formula E. Um, it's be interesting to see how he deals with a slightly different format. Kevin Magnussen and the return of Nico Ockenberg in the Haas. Really interesting lineup. They obviously had a fallout a few years ago. And there's a very funny clip of 
Gunther Steiner, who is the uh, principal of the Haas, uh, having many arguments with Nico Hülkenberg over the years when he used to race there previously, and Magnussen. They've all had falling outs over the past. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of tension in that team, and that, that might spur them on to do really, really well. Then finally, in the Aston Martin, we've got Lance Stroll, um, who's. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but I would say probably worst driver on the grid. Fernando Alonso, of course, the veteran. Uh, he's the most experienced driver out there. And then finally, Alex Albon and Logan Sargent in the Williams. Uh, a very interesting lineup. Uh, Logan has come from the US, racing in. I was going to say NASCAR, but I'm pretty sure it's not in NASCAR. It's in one of the other big racing things out there. Um, and he only just managed to get his F1 license by about one lap. I think you have to do. I'm. Gonna, I think it's. I think it's a thousand laps in an F1 car. I hope that's right. Basically, you have to do a certain amount of laps before you can get your license. So that means like Friday testing, uh, fr- Friday free practice. Um, you can even race. Uh, no, you can't race, obviously. Idiot. Uh, basically, it's just practice and does testing count? I think testing counts. Uh, but you can't do qualifying, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's just the, the free practices on the Friday. And you have to get a certain amount, and then you and then you get your license to be able to race. And Logan got it on his last lap of uh, free practice the end of last season, I think. Um, so, yes, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Now, we are going to go through... I'm going to place who I think will come in last, and then I'm going to go through my top 10 driver standings, uh, my top three in the Constructors' Championship. So that is the Constructors, so like Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Alfa Romeo, etc., etc. Uh, I'm going to talk about what I think the best race will be and a couple other things to look out for. So so let's jump into it. Um, I could do the full ranking of 20 places, but take too long and I'm very unlikely to get them all right. So... 20th place, I think, is going to go to Logan Sargent. Uh, he's had the least amount of experience in a Formula 1 car. Um, we haven't had an American in a lineup for quite a while. Of course, we've got Lance Stroll from Canada, and he's pretty poor as a driver. Um, I just think in a Williams, you know, you're not destined to really finish above sort of 16th in the overall standings at the end of the season. Um and I wouldn't actually be surprised if he finishes 21st because I think usually throughout the season you will get a race or two where a third or reserve driver steps in. Um, I think, you know, if Perez gets ill, then you're going to have Daniel Ricciardo into the Red Bull. Um, but we'll chat about more or more about that shortly. But I think I think he could finish 20th or 21st, uh, which will be interesting to see. I, I hope... I hope I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see him excel, um, do really really well. Um, but yeah, as we say, we, we will we will keep an eye on that. Now, tenth place, I haven't made a decision here. I've, I've gone for either Gasly or Ocon, one of the Alpine drivers, all French team. I think it's going to be really really exciting. I've had an all French team with the Alpines for a very long time, um, but I think it might take some adjusting. You know, Pierre Gasly has come from AlphaTauri, uh, and he didn't have a great season last year. Uh, and he was always linked to move to Alpine. Um, but I think off the back of a not great season, he's going to struggle. Um, I'm trying to think who their team principal is. I, I can't remember. I don't know if it's changed or not. But I don't know. But I think I think 10th as a as a placing for one of the drivers would be pretty good going, I think, for the first year. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see 
one of them excel, but I think I think it'd be I'm gonna say Ocon in tenth, and I think Gasly will finish like twelfth or something like that. Ninth place I've gone for Lando Norris. Um I think the McLarens are gonna have a really, really poor year. And I think this is gonna be Lando's last year in the McLaren. Bold statement, I know. Well we've not even seen the McLaren race. Um but Oh, I just don't know. It, it was looking fairly average out there on the track in testing. Nothing excited me, really. I like the colour. I think the new colour of the livery is really nice. But that's pretty much about it. Um, so I think I think Norris is going to have a rough season. I think Piastri is going to finish maybe 14th, 15th. Not like a bad season. You know, it's your rookie year. He won his last two championships in his rookie years in the F2 and F3. That's not going to happen in Formula 1. Formula 1's a different game. Uh, ten times the amount of money. The cars are faster. There's a lot more pressure. Um, and I, obviously, you know, Piastri... I'm a big McLaren fan. If I was if I was to pick a a constructor, I would say McLaren. I'm a pretty pretty much neutral in general. Um, I just enjoy the racing. But if I was to pick a... You know, because Norris is probably my fav- one of my favourite drivers on the grid. I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. But... I think he needs to get out of McLaren. McLaren are a bit of a bit of a hole at the moment, and they're struggling. You know, they were battling against was it Alfa Romeo or was it Aston Martin last year? Can't even remember. Um, yeah, I think I think my prediction is that McLaren are going to have a poor year, and Norris is going to try and terminate his contract, which will be interesting to see. Now, eighth place, I've gone for Fernando Alonso which might shock uh, a few of you F1 listeners out there. Now, the Aston in testing looked amazing, really, really quick. And Fernando's, look, he he left the sport and then he came back again. Um, and I think we're probably nearing his last year, maybe penultimate year. I mean, he's a bit of a beast. He's going to, he won't go out, you know, quietly. Um I just think he's going to really show what that, that Aston Martin has to, to, to prove. Uh, and I'd love for him to do well. I think he really deserves, you know, points. Um, I'd love to see him on the podium at some point. But I think he's going to be a very consistent mid-range driver, which is going to get him up to eighth in the standings and maybe a couple podiums along the way, one or two, uh, which would be great to see. Uh, I've gone seventh place. I've gone for Checo, Sergio Perez. Um, I think... Red Bull are going to use him as a strategy to help boost Max up the up the driver rankings, uh, which is fair. You know they did it last year. Checo finished really well though in the standings, but I think this year, I think Ferrari and Mercedes are going to be so much more competitive than they were last year uh, that that Perez is going to have to take you know a big hit uh, and really help to push Max forward. I've then gone for sixth place, George Russell. Now I felt a bit mean putting George down down here. But I will explain as we get a bit higher. I really, I, there is a bit, a bit of bias that's come into this with Hamilton. Okay. And for that reason, George has had to come into sixth place. Um, and I'm sorry, George, but I think you'll get a couple of race wins. But it just, I think it's going to look super competitive out there this year. Fifth, I've gone for Galos Sainz. Um, smooth operator. The king, the machine, the sex, I was going to say sex machine, but... Don't know what, don't know what that side of his life is like. He's a very sexy man. Um, <laughs> sorry. 
Uh, yeah, as I say, Carlos Sainz, I think, is going to finish fifth place. And just above him in fourth, it's going to be Charles Leclerc. The Ferraris are going to have a really, really strong year. Uh, but not quite consistent enough to put them in the top two. Now, we'll talk about constructors shortly. Um, but I think I think Sainz... I've just realised I've put Sainz in twice on my list. Signs apparently is going to finish fifth and third, which is very impressive. That's not what I wanted to do. Carlos Signs isn't meant to be fifth. Carlos Signs is meant to be third. In fifth place, is going to George Russell. Let's put Russell in there. And then sixth place, we're going to move everyone up one. I've just realised. I'm sorry, everybody. So we're going to put Checo in sixth, and then in seventh place, this is how I'm going to fix my list. In seventh place, I'm going to put Ocon, and then tenth will go to Gasly. There you go. Tenth Gasly, ninth Norris, eighth Alonso, seventh Ocon, sixth Checo, fifth Russell, fourth Leclerc, third Signs. That's bold. That's huge and probably incorrect, but I think Signs will finish above Charles Leclerc. I think Signs. Deserves race wins. They drop him a lot for Charles Leclerc. And I'm fed up with it. I love them both. But I think Sainz deserves a couple podiums this, this year. And and for that reason, I think the reason he deserves it, I'm going to put him in third place. Second and first obviously leaves us with Hamilton and Max. Um, now, I really, really want Hamilton to win it. The likelihood is that it will be Max because, as I said, they're going to sacrifice Perez quite heavily. Um, you know, they're going to use him to block off a lot of other drivers catching up with Max. And again, the Red Bull, of course, looks fast. I couldn't really come to a decision. I wrote down Hamilton takes the championship and Max comes second. I just think it's going to be the other way around again. Um, and I think the Ferrari is going to be pushing their way in there as well. I think it's going to be super competitive, way more than it was last year. Doesn't look like there's many porpoising issues uh, for those that watched the season last year. That's like when the car bounces up and down due to... Uh, air, air resistance or something um, and doesn't look like the cars look more consistent so constructors third I'm going to Mercedes because I think actually probably Hamilton will finish second uh, and then Russell down and fifth that are going to finish third Red Bull I've put as second because Max is going to finish either first or second but then as I previously mentioned Checo being all the way down in you know, sixth maybe seventh it's going to cost a lot of points for them. And I'd said taking the Constructors' Championship is going to be Ferrari. Because I think if Sainz or Leclerc finishes third or fourth, respectively, that's going to be huge points for them. Uh, and it will, I think, that my maths with points without actually properly working it out. So it's 25 uh, for the race winner. And is it 18? Then... 15, 12, no, hang on, that's not right, yeah, no, that is right, I don't know, but basically, if my points calculations work out correctly, uh, I think Ferrari are going to take the champion, uh, the constructors, um, Red Bull second and Mercedes third, uh, and as you know, there is a big amount of money uh, across those top three constructor placings, so that's really, really important for the team's um, and I think, you know, Verstappen 
taking the lead and Perez being sacrificed is going to cause the downfall of Red Bull in the constructors. And I think that's why they will finish second. Now, the best race this year. I'm very, very highly, highly, bigly, bigly excited for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. First ever year in Vegas. We're driving down the strip. How exciting is that? The race looks phenomenal. The track is you know, partially set out. Um, it got opened. Uh, did we have an opening first time last year? Or like sometime during the season. During? During the season. I'm getting so excited. I can't speak. My point is I think that's going to be fantastic. First race. Um, Miami's always fun. I just think it's growing rapidly. You know, the US have three races. But if you think about how big the US is. Um, it's very, very exciting. Penultimate race this year is in Vegas. And then it goes Abu Dhabi. What did it used to be? Did it used to be Bahrain again? No, it can't have been Bahrain. What used to be the penultimate race of F1? Can someone let me know on Instagram? Because um, I can't remember. I mean, I know I can Google it. But but that that has definitely changed, isn't it? It didn't used to be that. Was it Brazil? And they've now slotted in the US. Because there's 20... What? Three races? Should we count quickly? There's one, two, three, four. Oh, my laptop just closed down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, it literally says the rounds on top of the thing. There's 23 races, yeah. So they must have slotted in the US. Because I'm pretty sure it went Brazil and then Abu Dhabi. Or Mexico and then... Anyway, that's 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 little details. But 23 races, how exciting. And I'm pretty sure there's a race on my birthday weekend. Which is even better. Is there? Is there? There is! The Azerbaijan Grand Prix is on my birthday. Uh, which is highly, highly exciting. Um... And I just realised I'm doing things on my birthday, so I'm going to have to cancel that, because I will want to be watching the race. How sad. Not sad at all. Highly exciting. Right, final few points and notes to, to mention. Look out for some of the teams mix up the names here. It's either reserve or third driver. Uh, they are different job titles, but some teams cross them over. Um, the reserve is the guy that does a lot of the free practice, helps drivers get to know the car better off their own thoughts. And the third driver uh, does a lot of sort of the simulator work, maybe back at back at the um, factory. Uh, but occasionally, you know, they mix those drivers across. Mick Schumacher is now at Mercedes. And I think they're eyeing up Mick to put in Hamilton's seat uh, in maybe two years' time, one year. If Hamilton wins this season... I could see him maybe retiring for a couple of years and then doing an Alonso and coming back. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Or it'll be just good for Mick to wait until there's a seat available elsewhere. You know, if Alonso decides to retire, he definitely could get into that Aston Martin, I think. Um, he's, he's a better driver than Lance Stroll. I don't know how Lance Stroll's still on the grid. I don't have an agenda against you, Lance. Um, I just think that Mick Schumacher deserves that seat more. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the battle there as, as things move around. And, of course, we will cover that all here on, on the podcast. And Daniel Ricciardo is back at Red Bull as their reserve driver. Actually, he's a reserve third driver, so he's he does, like, both the roles, I'm pretty sure. There's a lot of their media. He's great for media. Really good strategy by Red Bull. But, but Danny Rick, at the end of last season, said he was going to go out for a year, go away from F1, get his brain straight, and then come back for a seat. Now, he's now ended up going as a third driver, which would be interesting. If he has a really, really good year... Re- I mean, really good year. Could he take Checo's seat? Is that something that's possible? That is something we will discuss as the future unfolds. 
you know, that's re- really, really exciting to think about. If if Ricky, Ricky, if Danny Rick has a big season, he could definitely take Checo's seat. And you're allowed to switch out your driver halfway through the season. That is allowed. You can switch out one of your drivers. I'm pretty sure one. I don't know what the restrictions are, but you like you lose some points or no, your your points reset. Yeah, your points reset. So, you know, if Checo has a really poor start to the season over the first five, six, seven, eight races, we could see Danny Rick coming in for the last 15. I think it's unlikely to happen, but it's possible. And Danny Rick could, you know, maybe it's worth them dropping those first five, six, seven, eight race points wise if Checo's done really poorly anyway. You know, if Checo's only got 15 to 20 points over eight races, um, get Danny Rick in the seat. I think he'd do great. I think he'd thrive, which would be really exciting to see. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, keep an eye out on Lando Norris at McLaren. I think they're going to struggle. Um, so it'll be interesting to see see his thoughts. And you know, we are working hard to try and get somebody from the F1 world on the podcast. So if any of you listening know anyone or you're interested to come and chat F1 or any other sport that we cover here, football, rugby, cricket, tennis, golf, whatever it might be, you're welcome on. Don't know why I'm still whispering. Uh, but that's it. Very exciting. We'll be back next Thursday. Um, also, keep an eye out for the announcement coming to the Instagram and all my social media, but specifically Beyond the Pitch podcast on Instagram. Highly exciting news. I'm so excited. It's going to be big, big, big year. You guys are going to love it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week.